Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. That is really funny, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. So I was just wondering, though, did you send me the last recording? Because I don't know that I ever got it. So that's- yes, yes, I believe if, if it wasn't me, it was Christina that we sent you the, the the correct link with, let me double check, the correct link um, with. So that, um, so the email that I got from her, she gave me, she gave me the, the new passcode. Yeah. Oh, and I have to, and I have to log in. Right. Do and I if have you to go... create an account? No, 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 no. You don't, I mean, if you create an account, it's easier because it lets you in not as a guest. But uh, oh, wait, join I kinda... as a guest. Yeah, you okay, can just so... join as a guest. So, was so I supposed get... to log on to this to yeah, talk to you? Oops. Uh-huh. Okay. You know what I think has been happening is I'm calling, I'm calling on my phone. You're calling, or you're calling right now? <laughs> yeah, no, meaning like when I call that number, I dial it on my cell phone. But if I go onto this link, I can talk to you through this link. Is that how it works? No, 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 no. You have to. Yeah, it is, no, it's ideal that you do it through the phone. You call the phone. Oh, okay. Seven two four. And then you call the ID, and if it does, you know, if you have a trouble, you press, you know, one three seven four three four eight four pound. If it doesn't let okay. you in, you put pound one. But the link is where you actually are going to listen to all your recordings. Okay. See, I didn't get that. All right. So that's fine. Yeah. That's good that I figured that out. So anyhow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, it's very important because it's one of those details that it's like you know it can really really work or not, right? So yeah. Important. Yeah, I just didn't understand all the all the pieces, so I think I've of got course. it now. Though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good, good. good. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yep. Okay, good. So um, I've been thinking about our previous session, and I'm curious what uh, I always love starting our our session with just something positive that has happened. I always like celebrating little successes as we go. So I know that it's been very, very little time, but I'm curious if you notice anything. Any movement is, is good movement, you know, even if it's something that could potentially feel negative. So uh, I welcome oh. everything. Oh, okay. So you mean like in terms of my mental state? Yeah, like what you've noticed. Not just, yeah. not just where you are emotionally, but, you know, like anything, like what's going on in your life externally and internally. Have you noticed oh, okay. any changes at all? Yeah. Um, well, my life, nothing has changed. It's quite boring right now, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and I, well, I think um, maybe the day after we talked, I felt, you know, in my chest area, a lot of that feeling. So I did tapping and it was pretty intense. Um, 
but then I did feel some shift, you know. So I think that was positive for me because I was like, oh, okay, I can see how it it, it felt like affirmation that this works, you know, because I always start off a little bit wondering. I've been doing so many things that it's good to see some immediate results. And, you know, I would say, and then I, and then the feeling came back and I did more tapping. And and so I can definitely see how it does kind of lessen that feeling. But, you know, I still feel like kind of teetering on the edge, like I could fall back into it. So, you know, I think though, um, yeah, so I, I, I think that was positive. Good. Well, one thing that I want to say is that if you notice a difference, what, so what happened is that um, when we're tapping on symptoms, right, we're tapping and you're expressing how you're feeling, then those symptoms yeah. just kind of, you know, subside. Like they, you know, they go for a while for, you know, they go away for a while. When they're coming back, what it's telling me is that the first thing, information that I find very important is that the tapping does work for you, meaning that it does have an effect, right? It's not like nothing happens. But the other thing that it tells me is that this tightness in your chest is connected with something much deeper. Yeah, yeah. So, so So it's about addressing the deeper issue instead of just... You know, it, that's why what we call like tapping for coping versus healing. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. So it's wonderful to have it as a coping mechanism because if you're like, I don't know, you had to do a presentation and all of a sudden you feel so tight on your chest that you have a hard time breathing, it's always wonderful to have ten minutes of tapping and then you're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm together here. I am. I'm going to deal with whatever I have in front of me. It doesn't yeah. mean that it's taking care of it, but it's allowing you to cope, right, to deal with what's going right. on. Right, right, exactly, and that's what the big, you know, a part of me, maybe a part of me is getting to a point of feeling the despair because I've been dealing with this for so many years, you know, and a part right. of me is like, enough already, you know. Yes. Um, but what's, what's interesting is I didn't end up tapping on anger and frustration, which is what I did when I was working with you, it was more the despair and sadness that came up when I was alone. Yeah. So that was different. Yeah. No, that that makes that makes a lot of sense because one of the things that happens, Lisa, and you know these, but it's always good to remember that the first, whenever you have uh, anger, uh, when you tap on the anger or when you just allow that anger to be and to give voice to it, what's underneath yeah. is usually sadness and hurt. Okay, that's interesting. Well, if you I think always about thought it, it was the opposite. I thought it was if you didn't get yeah. angry, then you would well, become well, depressed. <laughs> well, well no, that, is, that. That, is, that, no, that is also true. So let me share with you a little further. Yeah. So. We all have what we call primary primary emotions, right? Like there's people yeah. that um, if if you get you know like if I get hurt, right? Me Laura, if I get hurt, somebody hurts me, um, yeah. I I get angry. I yeah. get that I feel the anger first, you know. I don't, yeah. and then if I acknowledge the anger, then I can feel the hurt and the sadness. Mm-hmm. But because I, and I think that it may happen a similar thing happens to with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that is because very young we needed to protect ourselves. We needed to be strong, and showing that you're hurt right away 
is not a very strong um, mechanism, right? If you, but there's there's people that have had some sort of a like my husband. He goes more into sadness when something mm. happens that hurts him. He goes into sadness because he, you know, he didn't. He had a different upbringing, and he could be a little bit more vulnerable. So he could show his sadness, and then it takes him a while to build to anger. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, although, you know, it's interesting because I feel that I have been less in touch with my anger. Um, Yeah, like, I know in therapy, I had a therapist that wanted me to be more angry at my mother. (laughs) And I really didn't feel anger. And she, you know, so I think the sadness is more familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some in some ways the anger is a little more empowering yes of course it, you know especially around this recent breakup you know i don't i i want to the anger it makes me feel justified like yes you know this of is course. the right thing whereas the despair makes me just feel lonely and back yeah. to where i started you know so yeah, no. and they're and they're both really wonderful. They're really they're both. It's just uh, it's just emotions, right? That's something. Yeah. But uh, so I want to have a little take because I don't I don't necessarily it's not my goal for you to be angry at your mother, but I'm just I'm curious because this is where I would love for us. If I think that we it would be wonderful to do this process together, okay. or at least started with it, which is to. Visit your five-year-old mm-hmm. and get in touch with what was going on for her. <laughs> so, and the goal for doing this is to allow her to have what she really needed, but she didn't get. Mm-hmm. And in order to do, and I know that you did that a lot with your eight-year-old, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think that these happen much earlier, and your five-year-old mm-hmm. may be um, convinced that she doesn't get to have what she wants. And, and it doesn't have to take that long. We don't have to do this for months or anything like that. Yeah. It's more, you know, it's just seeing what is it that she needs and if we can give it to her. And would that work for you? Because I know that, you know, you're kind of like sick of this inner child. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fine. I mean, I think that you're right that I'm sure there was stuff going on all along, you know, and I have only really focused on the eight-year-old because that's when I think it really became conscious. So that's fine. Um, What would be helpful, like, how to, what would, like, how do you work with that? Do you just have me imagine a place or... Well, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll allow you to just, let's just start if it's, um, I know it's er, er, quite early, but I'm, I'm hoping that you trust me enough that I'll be taking care of you and just guiding yep. you. That's yep, great. of course. Mm-hmm. So I want you to be as comfortable as you can. Yeah. And in whichever way I would like you to start tapping. If If the tapping is stimulating, then what you can do is just, Touch, like put some pressure on the points one at a time if you find that more soothing. Okay. It's whatever you choose. Yeah, just give me one. Of course, yes, get comfortable and. Okay, so just start tapping. Yeah, just start tapping. 
Okay. Yeah, just tap to the points. Tap to the points. Okay. And uh, and get as comfortable as you can. You're going to be most of these session with your eyes closed. So if you want to recline, yeah. if I hear you snoring, I will wake you up. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I usually don't fall asleep, but thank you. <laughs> sure. So can you touch? Let's let's do a little scanning of your body as you breathe. Just noticing what is present on your feet and your your calves, your upper legs, thighs, and hips. Just notice what is present. There's tightness, especially notice if there's any sensation at all present in your abdomen, in your belly, your uterus area, your pelvis. And do you want me to let you know if I feel anything? Yeah. Okay. So um, I definitely have lower back pain, which I never have. I couldn't really Mm. sleep that well. But I am on estrogen because my cycle is set up. So I don't know how much of it is that as opposed to something else. Um, Right. And... Because of that, I feel my uterus more, too, because it's feeling heavier. But again, that could be the the estrogen. Right. And now, in other cycles, you've taken the estrogen. Are these common symptoms that you've experienced before? Um, You know, the lower back, I'm trying to remember, not as much. I usually have upper back issues, so Mm -hmm. it's very unusual to have the lower back feel like this. Okay. Um, so, but I do, I have had the heavy feeling in my uterus, like that's a common feeling because you're basically, I'm, all the blood is going there right now, so. Right, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And is it an uncomfortable feeling or more like a positive feeling or sensation? Um, you know, generally it's kind of neutral, although this morning it felt kind of pinchy. It, it felt a little uncomfortable, which is kind of unusual. Okay. Uh, do you have any any feelings or emotions connected with it? Like, is this a positive thing? Is it, like, annoying? I think or? Um, you know, I think because I'm so used to being healthy that I feel worried mm. when I don't, when my body feels off because I, yeah. I'm just quite spoiled. I, I have so few health issues. So I do think doing this whole IVF process, the most challenging part for me that I didn't anticipate was how it was changing my body in a way that mm-hmm. made me worry and feel uncomfortable. Um, the first the first three months I gained so much weight and that really freaked me out but then I lost it all so I feel more at ease with gaining weight now but um, you know I I, when I wake up and my back is so sore and I think oh my god when I'm pregnant it's gonna be even more sore I get worried (laughs) you know so I think I'm just kind of coming to terms with the fact that many people deal with this stuff all the time and you can function, you know, it's not the yeah. end of the world. So And but that's no that's a one 
Okay. That's, well, worried, right? There's a little bit of worry, like a slight fear that that is like, it's just, is it okay, or how is this going to yeah. play out, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. Okay. I I have a funny. Um, when things go wrong with my body, I I get. Uh, yeah, I get afraid. I think would probably be the best emotion to put to it. Okay. And what is the, um, if you were to take it just a tiny step further, this, this, this fear, even if it's a slight fear, is that what, what could happen? Um, I think the fear is related to the fact that I'm all on my own. Yeah. So if I, part of that working is that I'm healthy there's right. nobody to take care of me. Right. So when yeah. I get some kind of health issue, I think I always think, well, how will I work and how will I support myself and how will I shop? And so it literally is like a survival type of. Right, of course. And yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's. It's it's no it makes sense and and is it true that you have no one? It's like if you were to get sick, do you have friends or relatives or any support system that of people that I, would be there? Yeah, I mean I have people that would do favors for me, but they wouldn't live with me and take care of me. I mean, right. even my mom is somewhat limited in her ability just because she's you know she's. She loves me and, and will do what she can, but she also has her own issues, you know. So yeah. um, it's not like, you know, and maybe that's a part of my anxiety about not having a partner is it's just, it's different asking friends to step in occasionally than to ask your partner to take care of you, you know. Of course, so, yeah. Yeah. And do you have any memory of being, getting a little sick as a little child? By any chance? Um, I definitely would get like sore throats and earache. Um, I was never like in a. I was never hospitalized. Although supposedly when I was really little, I did eat a bunch of um, some kind of medication and had my stomach pumped. But oh. um, yeah. I know. I don't remember it, but that's what. And how old, so? How old were you? You were you were told this story. I think I was maybe like two. I think it was when I was still at my grandmother's house, and I I think back then they used to just. I think they prescribed my mother like anti-anxiety or something, and I think I ate the bottle. Oh my! I know. Okay. Pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah, but it's interesting because I have um, a real fear of drugs and medication, which I don't know if it's related to that, but it kept me from doing drugs, so that's good. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and even when I I have a few times tried to do anti-anxiety medicine, and I actually got really freaked out by the changes, um, and so I don't know if that's related, but... Oh, I bet that it is. I mean, doesn't yeah. it make sense in your mind that it would be related? It does. Yeah, it, it always, when I heard that story and then I was like, oh, that must be why I, I have like a literally a life and death feeling about doing drugs and losing control. 
But as far as being sick, I mean, mostly just colds and sore throats and earaches. And, and do, uh, do you remember at all how how if, if you, like, close your eyes, do you remember at all being there and who took care of you? Um, I, well, when I was, I mean, when I would get sick with my mother, she would take care of me. I mean, she had, like, this little meal that she would give me, which really had nothing to do with health when I think back on it, but it was kind of like a treat, you know, it was like ginger ale and ham, and every time I got that, I was like, oh, this is, when I'm sick, I get this, um, you know, and she would take me to the doctor, and, and um, but, you know, there were some times when, like, I, in third grade, fell and dislocated a shoulder, um, bone or did something and they didn't really do anything for like a day and a half Hmm. so I do think there was you know my family is very much Yankee like tough it up you know you have to be pretty pretty down and out to actually how do I put it like nobody really complains about their ailment you know so yeah yeah and that's interesting because that's when you were eight that was when I was eight, yeah. Or actually, yeah. was it eight or younger? Yeah, it was probably like third grade. If so it's third was, grade, you were about eight years old, I would say. Yeah, probably about eight, yeah. yeah. There she is, right? A needy little one. Yeah, so that that's why I always focus on that age, because I definitely felt that the despair I feel today, I remember feeling then. So, Whereas I think when I was five, I was still kind of like... Um, I remember kind of being in my own little world and happy and things would happen that were upsetting, but it wasn't like a a constant feeling, you know? Yeah. So that's okay. why I don't always think of that as being a sad time, although things were happening that were hard for me, so. Okay. So, so it probably, so let's do, let's do this. And it's just, if this is just going to be a, a, an initial connection, if that's okay. And whatever, yep. you know, and you're still, ha- you're still tapping or just, yep. right? So, yes, if you, so if you take a deep breath, Lisa, and, and just ask, ask more your, your body or, you know, like who would be, who is in need of attention right now? Like within you, yeah. and it could be just a sensation, or it could be a part of you. Anything, just just notice. No judgment, or we're not looking for anything in particular. We're just just noticing. What do you notice? Um, I mean, I was trying to think about this the other day when I was feeling this, the despair. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out, um, I mean, I know that when I was in the five-year-old range, I, one incident I do remember was my, and I might have been even six 
my mom and I went to um, a friend of hers had like a home on an island and it was fun and you know we were all playing and then my mom cut herself and they I my instinct was to go to her because we had always we were always together you know and they separated me and that actually created more panic for me because I had never experienced that before. So tell me what some you so sorry, you were on this island that was a friend of your mom's and it was supposed to be a lot of fun and then your mom got cut, is that what you said? She, she I think she was like she she hurt herself, like she cut herself or something happened. And okay. my natural response would have been to go to her because we were always together. You know, and yeah. I, I was not I was not protected. I, I always knew exactly what was going on with my mom. And they tried to keep me away because that's probably what you normally do with kids, right? Like, yeah. you protect them from scary things. But that was actually more scary because I was being kept from being there for her. Okay. Which, you know, so I think at that age, probably the hardship was I was taking care of my mom. You know. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Can you see that, that scene? Can you see? If oh, can yeah. Watch? Okay. Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. And what are you seeing? What, where, where is, what's happening? Is she being kept? Did, were you um, always Lisa? Did you have a little nickname when you were little? I did. They called me Gigi. <laughs> Gigi? Yeah, but Gigi only until I was about five, and then after that, I I decided I wanted to have my my normal name. So okay, um, well, so is it better to was she at that time was she Gigi or and did she like uh, being called Gigi or not so much? I think she was Lisa by then. I think I was. It was when I was. Yeah, because I think I was in school, so that I when I went to kindergarten. I, I asked to be called by me. Okay. Um, I don't mind Gigi, but it's just nobody called me that after after five. Um, but but this version of you, this little this little girl on the island, at that point was she Gigi or Lisa? I think it was Lisa. It was Lisa. Okay. Just to see yeah. what you know, what would what would she recognize? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just, I remember a lot of dark wood. I remember a staircase. I remember, you know, adults kind of physically restraining me, actually, from getting oh. my mother. Not so, in a violent way, but, like, no, you know. No, of course, but, but let's, like, let's no, actually no. try to see yeah. if you can see it almost like if it's a movie. Yeah. In whichever way, yeah, whatever no, you're. Yeah. Yep, I can. I, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and and I think I tried to explain to them, <laughs> you know, like, no, actually, in our relationship, I go to my mom. <laughs> you know, like, I think even at that age, I was trying to be reasonable and explain it to them, and nobody would listen to me. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So she did you know, she didn't ever try to protect me from that kind of stuff. Like she just was pretty open about whatever was going on. Well, 
Well, it's just the two of you. There was nobody else, right? At that yeah. Point. Yeah. But if something happened and she needed something, she may even have asked you to pass her something yeah. or anything like that. Um, so let's just for a moment, as you're seeing this scene, how do you as the adult watching this little movie and having young Lisa right there being restrained, how do you feel about that five-year-old, that little girl? Uh, you know, as the adult, a part of me is thinking, like, those adults had probably a pretty normal response, mm-hmm. but I was not in a very normal situation. Right. That it would make sense to shelter our kids from that. Um, so, you know, the adult, maybe future mom would not want my kid to have to deal with that kind of thing but you know I do look at it too and I remember being very precocious and very able to handle a lot you know so I can also feel the the panic that I felt being yeah. separated okay so let's just but to what would you are you interested as a you know as a 47 year old today would you be interested in helping that young Lisa to you know, to just feel better, or she, because right now she's really not feeling good. She's just, she's desperate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you to just like freeze the scene, literally, like if you could put it in pause, right? And the yeah. only one that that is still like moving and it's young Lisa, your young self. Okay. Right? And this, and the girl is like. And you as the adult, see if you can just step into that scene. Okay. And she just notices you. And how does she respond when she sees you there? Uh, she looks like uh, kind of like just like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Would you say that she looks... Surprise that you know who you are. This is the first thing. Oh, um, maybe kind of, maybe kind okay. of. Yeah. So let's let's actually just introduce yourself. You can say it out loud or in in your mind. It's how you how you like it. It's it's totally fine. You could just say, "Hi, Lisa. I am you, all grown up, and I am here to help you." <laughs> so, hi, Lisa. You all grown up, and I'm here to help you. How does she respond to that? Does she believe you? Does she trust you? She seems kind of like non emotional. She seems like she's mm. just like trying to figure it out. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah. she's okay with it. Yeah, she seems fine. She's just like, you know, it's almost like she's just being waited. She's just waiting to be told what to do in a way. Okay. Kind of like she's just following along because that's what she does. Ah, okay. Okay. So what if you, again, is it okay for you to just, like, get to her level so you can just crouch or something so you're eye to eye? Okay. And you tell and you tell her, you know, I know that it's really hard what's going on, that they're keeping you from mom. Yeah. I know that it's really hard that they're keeping you from your mom. And 
And you really want to go and see what's happening and help her. And you really want to go and see what's happening and help her. And I am here to help you get whatever it is you need. And I'm here to help you get whatever it is you need. Is she okay with that? Yeah. Okay. And if you ask her, what is it that you're feeling? What is going on in your body? What is she feeling? What does she say? What are you feeling? I think she's just feeling panic. She's what? I'm sorry? She was, I think she was just feeling like panic, panic. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and you can say, I, I would love to help you with these. And right now, mom is really okay. We'll attend to mom in a minute. Is that okay? Ask her if it would be okay. So I want to help you with these, and, and your mom is okay, and we'll, we'll go find out about her. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I actually kind of have a memory of someone somehow, I don't know if someone told me that, but I do remember at some point something reassured me, and I calmed down. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. And did that help? Yeah, I think I think um, you know my memory was somebody reassuring me that she was okay. Okay. Now, um, if you check, if you just get a sense of her, right, looking at her, and or you know, I mean, this is part of you, so you're definitely connected with her. In a scale yeah. from zero to ten, how panicked is she right now? Well, right now she's okay. She's totally but, okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I think she was always kind of vigilant. Right. I think she was always kind of feeling like she had to take care of my mother. So I don't think she was ever completely at ease. Um, but she's not in full panic, but she was. I mean, I think that's the only time I was ever separated from my mom in that way. Mm. Okay. So let's just just for a moment. It's like, let's just. Would it be okay to tap on her? You think that she would be okay with that? And you can just ask her in your mind. Okay. And do I keep tapping myself? Just pause for a minute as you okay. tell ask her. Okay. You, Is that okay, okay with her? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so what we're going to do is that I'm going to, as you start tapping on your karate chop point, the side of your hand, I'm going to tap tap on yourself and imagine that you're tapping on her little hand. Okay. And we're going to tap to her, okay? Okay. So even though you're feeling panicked, you're telling that to her, you can say it out loud. Oh, you want me to say it? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. This though, part of... it, okay. <laughs> I was listening. Um, okay. Even though you're feeling panicked. And you really want to know what is going on with mom. And you really want to know what's going on with your mom. I am here to tell you that you're a great girl. And I'm here to tell you that you're a great girl. And I will take care of you. And I will take care of you. Even though there's a part of you that is really scared. Even though there's a part of you that's really scared. Because you've never been separated from mom. 
because you've never been separated from your father. And it just it feels wrong. And it feels wrong. I am here to tell you that you're not alone. Here to tell you you're not alone. And you are a really wonderful girl. And you really are a wonderful girl. So tapping through the points, it's it's really scary to be separated from mom. It's really scary to be separated from your mom. You know that your mom is hurt. Yeah, your mom is hurt. But you don't know exactly what is going on. But you don't really know what's going on. Or if she will be okay. Or if she will be okay. But it's good that they reassured you. But it's good that they reassured you. But these adults are keeping you away from her. But these adults are keeping you away from her. And that feels wrong. And that feels wrong. It makes you really scared. It makes you really scared. Something really bad could be going on with your mom. Something really bad could be going on with your mom. And what would happen to you? And what would happen to you? She's the only one you have. She's the only one that you have. And you have to be really careful with her. And you have to be really careful with her. She needs to be okay. She needs to be okay. So you will be okay. So you'll be okay. Does that does that make sense? Does that ring true? Is she okay with these? Yeah, I think she she is. I mean, I think uh, there was a feeling of survival. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What else? What does she need? If you ask her, what do you really need? As you keep on tapping just gently on her, what okay. does she really need? She's still really scared. Well, I think she, I think information, um, you know, reassurance. Yeah. To, to see that her mom was okay. Okay. Great. So, would it be okay to take her to see mom? Okay. And hold her hand and take her? Mm-hmm. And what actually really happened to mom? I'm sorry, what? What what happened to mom? Yeah, I think she literally, I think she just like cut her finger. And then I think I remember when I finally saw her, I was like, oh, that's it. (laughs) You know, why would they separate me for that? That's like nothing. (laughs) So it was, and it wasn't that bad. No, I think it was the separating me part that made it seem bad because it was yeah. like I'd never been separated like that, you know. So I thought she was like dying or something. Yeah. And for them, that was normal, probably. You know, when when an adult is hurt, you you take care of the kid. Right. And for me, that that was very unusual. And what what would have, what is her fear? So now that she saw mom and she's a little calmer, what actually was her fear being separated from mom and not knowing? Was it that mom could die? You know, a part of it was also that I was the one that took care of her. Right. You know, so they were keeping me from doing my my job. 
and also feeling like my mother wouldn't be okay without me. Mm. Okay. And is that so? This this gives how does how is this playing out for her? Because I'm guessing that if you look at her, there's a part that probably makes her feel really important and special that she needed to take care of mom, right? <laughs> probably, yeah. But at the same time, is that okay for her to have to take care of mom? No, and you know, it's funny because now that we're kind of hanging out at this age, I was remembering some other stuff. And I remember, you know, my mom was drinking and having to take care of her. I didn't like that. I remember being resentful. And I used to, at one point, she wouldn't believe me when I would tell her that she was always having me get her things. And so I started keeping track. I started keeping a, a piece of paper where I would write down every time she bossed me around because she was probably yeah. hungover. Yeah. So I do remember sometimes feeling, but it was it was not a lot though. Cause, I mean, most of the time I was just trying to be a good girl. But I think I understood it was unfair. You know, I think I I was starting to feel like this doesn't feel right. You know, like. Yeah. Why do I have to do all these things? Yeah, and and I'm guessing also a, a deeper sense of if you just can you connect because I'm curious. Let's take take a deep breath and just come back to where where the despair is, so that you know that panic feeling and that hypervigilance. And so I think it's all a little bit in the same area. It may not be exactly the same, but a little bit. Yeah. If you stop tapping and you connect, what is what yeah. feels present right now? Well, I kind of forgot about that feeling, but um, if I go back to it, that's why I think I think the despair started a little bit later than five, because I don't think I felt despair yet, um, because I think I was still trying to make it work. Right. That, but that's that's it. We want to actually tackle it before you were. So you were actually came later because you were really trying to make it work. Can you yeah. see that? So how old how old were you when you were still trying to make it work? Well, probably like five. I mean, probably before that, but I don't remember it that well. But I think right. my early memories, like five, six, just. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of remember myself as just being this really good little kid, you know, and try to do everything right and not cause problems. And, and at the same time, I was kind of taking care of myself, too. I was very artistic, you know, I would play by myself a lot, and um, I was very imaginative and Is there, was there any sense, Lisa, that you felt uh, at, at times a little overwhelmed by how much you had to take on and a little alone in it? I mean, that's what comes as you were talking. 
it's interesting because that's what came to me, like feeling, you know, if you think about if you, even yourself or or another child, what, what chicken instead of me talking? I, um, yeah, I mean, I do think, I don't know if at that age, but I do think that a part of the despair is because I did feel trapped. Mm. You know, I think that, it, I, and that's why leaving was so empowering because I think, I felt, you know, when I started becoming more conscious that there was a part of me that was like, this is just too much. Like, I can't do this. This is, I can't be in this situation and make it, you know, like, be able. I don't know. It's funny because in a way, like, I wanted to go to college and I wanted, I was like, I'm never going to be a normal person if I stay here. Like, this is just too much. Me. What was going on? Was it just the same mom trying, trying to take care of her and not? Yeah, and I, I and by then we had moved to a, a new place. She had a boyfriend that I really did not like, and she was very much absorbed in keeping him around and even more neglecting of me. And I think I just was really lonely, and I didn't have, I just didn't feel good. You know, and so, you know, I can genuinely say at like eight to ten, I was probably depressed, which is pretty sad when you think about it. Like a little yeah. kid to have to deal with that. But I don't think I, I think at five, I was still kind of having fun and being a kid, but I would have moments of like, oh, I have to deal with this. Like, this wasn't, or where's mom? You know, like she'd disappear, or, you know, I, I, I couldn't count on her always be there or yeah. to, and she would get really mad at me if I if I had any need so um, you know so the continuum of it was it really came together as a feeling of despair around me yeah 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 absolutely so tell me what is, is yeah so it's a combination right but what it sounds like what is more present is the older the older part that is still that that yeah, is still yeah I think yeah. that the pleaser comes out in my relationship probably like I think mm. I think probably that you know when I start dating someone I'm running around trying to do everything for them and take care of them and and then the despair comes later you know. Right. So, so it's actually it's interesting because at this point, what is more present is the despair because you just broke up. You did everything until it just you run on empty, and and then you get like extremely frustrated because you stuck around so long, right? Yeah. And uh, and the, but in the beginning is the pleaser, which is that younger part of your of your life. Yeah, I can see that now that it is that. That younger part that's kind of having fun and, you know, it's all new and exciting, but then there's moments of like, oh, I have to do this and I have to take care of this and he isn't really there for me. And, you know, that's probably more the five-year-old. Um, right. And then towards the end of the relationship, the eight-year-old comes in um, and I start to feel that lonely despair. I felt very lonely with my in my in my last relationship. I felt really alone and lonely a lot of the time. 
Okay. Not unlike you felt when you were six, eight, or two, ten with that mom and that boyfriend, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Uh. Yeah. Kind of like no one's there for me. You know. He's not yeah. there for me. He doesn't care. He doesn't worry. He doesn't even take care of anything. Yeah, it's like he's not he's not even aware of it. So let's let's how about if we in this little bit of time that we have, but it's I think that it would be really cool to do something powerful for little Lisa. And okay. and if you if you connect again with these with your chest and tell me right now, I know we've been tapping quite a bit so it may change slightly, but is a despair present in this moment? Yeah, it's lighter than it has been. I mean, it's okay. kind of just like a little tingling in my chest, you know. Yeah. Does it feel like it's uh, it's like lingering? Like you know, it's it's there, and any moment we take attention, it may just grow again. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I've been feeling. You know, it's kind okay. of like I'm okay, but it's almost yeah. like the awareness that it's just right there keeps me from feeling really okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So let's just just notice how how intense it is. We can if you want to give me a give it a number, we can. I'm guessing that right now it doesn't feel like a very high number. Is that true? Um what is the scale? One to ten? From zero zero to ten, zero that you it's absolutely not present and 10, yeah. that is like, you know, you just feel like it's just so intense you can barely hold it. Yeah, I would say it's more like a four. Right, okay, perfect. Okay, so let's let's look for just a moment. And if you connect with it, with that four, right, that sensation, just notice who comes to mind. Is it the eight-year-old? Is it the ten-year-old or the nine-year-old? Is it the six-year-old? Who's who's there in this moment right now? I think it's probably more the ten-year-old. Yeah, she's just at her birch, right? Well, she's already left, so she's out of it. But she, you know, is still always there with her a little bit. Mm, okay. Okay. So if you were to connect with that 10-year-old that is already living at grandma's, right? Yeah. So she she gave up. She was like, I need I need out and I'm not going to get what I need with mom. I, I just need to leave. Yeah. So on one hand, on one hand, and now if you're not tapping, I think that, let's just imagine, let's just imagine that you're, you, you can connect with her, but I wanted you to imagine that you are tapping on her and just yeah. briefly, let's go to the karate chop point and just tell her, even though you're just, you're really, what is what is she feeling right now? Relief. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. She's just feeling the, so really happy. It's interesting relief. because what I what I feel is it possible that she's a little bit torn? Like, was there's a huge relief, absolutely, and there's something yeah. else, right? Yeah. No, I think she. I think it was hard. I mean, yeah. I, I remember, you know, I told my mom it would just be a year, and I stayed, 
you know, till I was 18. So I always felt a little bit bad for maybe letting it down. And what is it that she truly wants, that 10-year-old? And you just tap to the point, if you ask her, what does she really, really want? Well, she, I know because I remember, she just wanted to study and go to school and have friends and, you know, have a normal life and and not worry about anything. Mm. Be able to, to, you know, be a kid. And did she did she did she get to do that? Yeah, definitely. She did. And how about her relationship with mom? It actually healed. It became much better. My mother would come to visit, um, and I appreciated her more. You know, cause I wasn't taking care of her, and I think she was being more responsible, too, you know, so I think that kind of woke her up, and I, and she has even said that that kind of made her stop drinking and get her life together, so. Hmm. Did she ever have more children? No, she didn't. Hmm. And is is there anything else that the, that ten year old needs to feel like totally complete? To feel like she can exhale and she knows that everything will be okay. I'm not coming up with anything right now. Okay. Is she really... So she's, she's really okay. In, the, in these moments, she's not feeling desperate and despair at all. No, 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 not at all. In my teenage years, I was very good. I was very happy. It's almost like the other part of my life never happened. I mean, I really did separate from it. In my mind, it was a new start, you know. So I somehow managed to just make that like another person almost. Yeah. So it's like this this part is there. And and so that despair that is almost like almost around the corner in your chest, right? Because right now I'm guessing it's it's a little better as we're talking about these and you've been tapping and it's – and yet – so is this still a four? If you connect again, take a breath and notice. No, it's probably like a three. Okay, or so it's two. a teeny bit better. Okay. And what is it? what makes it still be there? Well, because I think there's always a sense, you know, that everything could fall apart, <laughs> you know? Mm. So I think, you know, there's kind of like you can't just count on, that being, you know, the happiness in that place. Like I had the knowledge that it could be very different. It could be very unhappy. And so there's never just a 
a fall, you know, there's never a relaxed place of like, oh, yeah, you know, life is good and this is good. I don't think I felt I didn't I don't think I had that awareness when I was a teenager. I think that's me now understanding okay. it, you know. So. so and these and this is yeah, so it's like during did your teenage years that was that despair completely gone, like you didn't have it at all? Yeah, I don't remember having it at all. And when did it resurface? I think when I graduated from college. Huh. What happened? <laughs> no, I'm curious. I'm really curious. So what happened when you when you graduated from college? Yeah. Yeah. And you you were like what, in early twenties? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, no, that's when my depression started and I mean I really have to say for like twenty years I was probably depressed. Not, you know, it's highly functioning but Of course, I, yeah, I, yeah. But I definitely yeah, no, I definitely was, like, deep despair that I would kind of distract myself and then I wouldn't feel it, but then I would feel it, so. Hmm. Yeah. And what what triggered it? Can you, can you, do you uh, know? Well, I think in my 20s and 30s, it usually ended up that I would distract myself with men. And then when that would blow up in my face, I would feel it. But I would always think it was because of the men. <laughs> you know, because you would take some antidepressants? Is that why? Um, because why? I didn't understand but, the question. So you said, you said that in your 20s and 30s, it would, it, would always, it would always be there, and then you would get distracted with men? Is that what you said? Yeah. So, you know, I think I would be very, I would use partying and boys and, you know, I, the time I had peace was usually when I was working, you know, so my, interestingly enough, my professional life has been successful because I, that was when I, it was like, I felt at peace because I was absorbed Mm -hmm. in that creativity, but, um, in my personal life, you know, I would start to feel lonely and, and sad, and then I would find, really, I was not very careful. I would just find the next cute guy and kind of use that as a distraction, and they, because I wasn't choosing very carefully, they usually were not probably very good for me. So then I would have to leave, and then I would feel the despair. Is that a little bit of mom's pattern, too, that she had... But she made like you know after after Jimmy she didn't make the best choices and yes she, it is absolutely my mother's pattern okay <laughs> which is all the more frustrating because I remember thinking this is not who I am this doesn't make any sense this is not mine I mean I even really I remember in my thirties being like wow this is, just doesn't make any sense at all that I'm in this right now it's just not mine. But there's something somehow that mom did, right, that she was escaping her own loneliness through men and drinking, and uh, and somehow it's been wired into you, and you you did it for quite a while. I did, yeah. I mean, I would I would dare say until very recently, because what, from what you're telling me, these last breakup was not the best the best choice either. Yeah, 
I mean, I really thought that um, the last one, I thought he was different, but I can see some, I can, it, it was very different, but I can also see some similarities, like maybe not making the wisest choice up front because yeah. he presented, you know, I wanted so badly to have a relationship and he seemed to be there willing to okay. do it. And he had, he actually had a lot more than I had ever experienced before, which isn't saying very much, but, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, wow, I finally am changing my pattern, you know, and maybe a part of my anger and despair now is that I didn't. I just did yeah. the same thing. But, Lisa, enough. one thing that I realize is that that is interesting enough. The words that you use remind me a lot of what you mentioned uh, when we met last uh, last time, how your yeah. mom wanted to keep you with her because it was she the the things that she intended were very yeah. positive that she took you back to your mouth with her. Her intentions yeah. were positive, but she didn't follow through. Right, right. Just, just like this last guy. She wasn't capable. Like she just. Right. I don't even. I just think she was in a place where she just didn't be that person. Right. Yeah, and I think that's how I see the last guy, that in some ways he kept saying, I don't think I'm capable, I don't think I'm capable, and, you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not in a place where he can be what I need. Right. So what would you say are the hardest, and again, we, we both know, right, this is not about in any way blaming or, you know, in any way just making mom wrong. It's just about healing the part of you that is still hooked in a pattern that is no longer serving you, okay? Yeah. Uh, and it's about heal, healing it deeply. So I want to just end up by getting in touch with what has, what were the hardest, the hardest attitudes or qualities from your mom or even, you know, because it sounds like your mom was the, the, like your primary caretaker and the primary person in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, you you will will get at some point to your grandma, but it sounds like she, at this point she's a pro, pretty benign character in your life. Yeah, yeah. There's just minor stuff with her. Yeah. So, what would you say were the hardest, the hardest, yeah, the hardest qualities of your mom to deal with as a little girl? Um, I think that. Probably emotionally, she was not available because she was in her own pain. Um, you know, or she was drinking, or she was with men, or she was. But she also would get really angry at me. And she would scream. And that was very hard. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing she. you felt like there was, did she ever really hit you or did you ever feel like really not safe around her? Um, you know, it's funny because I, I don't think, I think maybe I had been hit once or twice and that was all it took. And then after that, like it was just the threat of it and I would behave. Whereas, like, I had a cousin that was always getting punished, and she would just laugh, you know. And I remember just feeling much more respectful of the threat of punishment. But she was never abusive. Like, definitely not. There was no violence. There was no abuse. It was more her temper 
and yeah. her, you know, it was like a crazy, and I, and I had forgotten all about it until, um, in my early twenties, I actually moved back home when I did my graduate work and I had a cat and my mom screamed at the cat <laughs> and it was the exact same scream and I became paralyzed. I was like, holy crap. Like I'd forgotten all about it. It was just really yeah, I can't even think of the word for it. Now, the I one think. thing that I want to I want to share with you is that even though she wasn't physically violent or abusive, yeah, that screaming angry, I bet was very violent emotionally. Yeah, well, it was scary, you know. Yeah, it was definitely scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's interesting because that's what um, my ex, would, when I would try to share with him things that were going on with me, he would, he never, he didn't scream, but he'd get angry. Yeah. And that same feeling of disempowerment would come over me. You know, like I had no voice. I had no, my needs, not only did my needs not matter, but they also were annoying or they were too much or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that the things that are emotionally not available, getting angry and or screaming and being like, you know, you're too much, just take care of yourself, don't, you know, I cannot take care of your needs, you know, go ahead and just draw in a corner or whatever you do, right? Yeah, Um, exactly. But take care of me. Exactly. You know, and, well, but it's exactly he, the same pattern. And he would be very, you know, he would actually get upset if I weren't taking care of him. So, yeah. Do you see how this pattern is really ingrained in you? Ah, uh, I know. It's so, that's why I feel despair. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to... better right now, but that's probably where the despair comes from, you know. So, so Lisa, I want to tell you, we will do. Uh, let's let's catch. I don't know. Oh, next week is very. I think it's very challenging. Let me see. But I would definitely love to do a, a deep healing session. And we're gonna okay. go straight into. Even if we make up a memory, but we're gonna stick with it, and we're gonna actually shift something. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. And what what I want to tell you is that these patterns will change. So the next part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the next partner that you will have will not have these traits unless it happens within, (laughs) you know, unless it happens within two weeks. So I would say stay by yourself for you know a couple weeks or a month, and uh, so we can really shift because right now what is happening is that your nervous system is literally wired to attract people just like your mom. Yeah. And that's why I, I think I've been feeling that despair. But um, just to reassure you, I have zero interest in men right now. <laughs> good, good. It's staying very yeah. far away. Wonderful. Well, no, it, 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 I think it's good because it comes. I have to tell you, I, I was married for 10 years and I was recently, I'm always, you know, I always have a coach. And recently I was talking with uh, with my coach and, and he said, you know, you have you have done some major work between your first husband and your second one because yeah. they have they're, they're so like you know light years apart. 
possible. Well, I have to tell you that my goal is to actually get married. <laughs> I've never even been married. I couldn't even get that close. Well, you know what? Yeah. But but let me tell you, like I told Deb, being married to the wrong person, I'm really happy that you avoided it. No, and I have to say, I always had a very smart part of me that had chances yeah. and never took them. So, good. But, no, yeah, not no, only that, I'm going to say even something further. Having been yeah. married to the wrong person and having a child with that person because, out of stubbornness, which I, had, I, don't, I don't regret because it was a, a beautiful, you know, I'm very thrilled to have my daughter, but uh, it, was, it was not, I wish that I uh, didn't, didn't get so stubborn because it was extremely hard when you parent or co-parent a child with a person that you don't share values and the yeah. relationship is difficult. It's so oh much my better. God. I can imagine. And and Deb has been such a role model because she keeps saying, you know what? In some ways, it's easier. I mean, she oh, has yeah. shifted my. She has completely shifted my attitude about the solo, but not forever. You know, I no, of I course, of course, don't want to no, no, be no. a permanent single person. So no, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, no. So okay, so I'm actually traveling to Colombia to uh, oh. Saturday. Yeah, for wonderful. my work. That's yes. wonderful. Um, when are you coming back? So I'm coming back Wednesday night, and then Thursday is my long work day. So um, I think we have to I look into the following week if that's okay. Okay, because you don't have anything that Friday or. Saturday. Well, let me see. I don't want the Saturday. only thing is that next week is my transfer on the first. Uh, the fault right on the first is your transfer. That is very yeah. So, so we should focus. Actually, let me let me see. Let me look here closely. You know what we could do? Let me see. So how about if we did? Ah, it's going to be a little challenging, but possible. We could do the 23rd early, like at 8.30. The only problem is that I'm getting my lining tested at 7, and then I'm driving to work, and I start teaching at 10. So unfortunately... That, that work. would be hard for me to pull off, yeah. Okay, okay. So how about if we did, um, how about if we did like eight on Friday? Would that work? Eight in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. Okay. That's and good. so okay. I'll just, now do you want, are you going to send me a new code or what do you? No, it's always the same code. We have one one conference line that is yours, that is confidential. Okay, but but that didn't work this time. I tried that, that like five five times and it kept telling me I had the wrong code. You know what? <laughs> For some reason, let me see. But I have to tell you, it's no, no problem. Don't worry about it. What I'll do from now on is I'll call you. We're, it's being recorded, okay. and I'll, if I call you and then I join the calls, it's okay. So I'll just I'll call you, so don't worry about that. But you know okay. how to access the recordings, because that would be great. If I do know, yeah, and I'll make okay. sure to listen to them, especially because I'll be um, 
having some downtime on my trip, so I'll I'll be able to do it then. Wonderful. So, so you Let just recommend um, you yeah. just recommend that I keep tapping and when stuff comes up and listen to the recordings, mm. right? Yeah, you know what, Lisa, I would love for you to have a healing session before we go, before you uh, go. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking. Okay. I well, don't know if that's because you're leaving be, Saturday. I leave Saturday, so it would have to be. That's and to be tomorrow, tomorrow is a makeup day. So the only thing that would work is if we did it first thing in the morning, or if we did it. Oh shoot! Tomorrow morning, I can't do it. Um, I teach from 11 to 12.15 and then I teach at 6 but I'm going to be at school and then I get home at 7 I'm done at 7.40 so I'm home by like 8.30 that's late so how about what would, would it work to do uh, let me see if you could do Skype I could do Sunday oh but Sunday you may not work so. no I know no I'm actually away I leave also on uh Oh, can you do can you do Skype from Colombia or like? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Because Sunday, um, you know, I'm the conference starts at Monday, and I I imagine Sunday, I'm going to be with the co. I'm it's an event I'm planning, so probably the mm. afternoon, I should keep open. But in the morning, I could do it. Um, because no, I'm Saturday away. I'm night. actually I'm actually away, so Saturday and Sunday okay. won't work. But during the week, next week won't work either. Is that true? Um, no, not Monday. No, because Monday and Tuesday I'm going to be in the conference every day. Right. So um, tell me what so are the, your windows tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay, so a... tomorrow this is our, that's the hard, I'd have to do it from work, which is not, I can't not ideal. close my door. I can close my door, but I'm done teaching 11, 12, 15. So I'm done at 12, 30. To let's say 5:30, I have open. Oh, 12:30 to 5:30, you have open. Okay, and, but I'm at work, so that's right. Yeah. Okay, and early in the morning, you have your your. What, yeah, because at eight, I already at eight, I have um something that I can't cancel because I'd have to do. I would have had to have changed it already. Um, okay. so and, so and then you're, I go. Eight to nine. Well, actually, let me think. Eight to nine. Nine to ten. Could you do um, ten? Ten to no, because I teach at eleven, so that would be too hard. Um, oh, I see. And nine thirty won't work either. I'm guessing. Nine thirty, ten thirty. Um, the only issue is I'd have to get to work in time, so I'd be leaving at my other appointment at nine. If I get to work at nine thirty by nine thirty, I could do it, but I don't know how traffic will be. Right. So yeah. We, yeah, it, we just, could, it sounds like it's pretty hard. The other, the one option might be three p.m., but that that's uh, you're going to be at work, right? Right. But any of the times I'll be at work, I mean, I can just close my door and hopefully not. As long as I don't become hysterical. <laughs> right. That's the one thing. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I would like to have some. So, you know what? If something comes up, I want to tell you, I am free from 9 to 11. I have um, 3 to 4 my work, or I could do, I could do, a, let me see. I could, but you cannot do 6 either, right? 6 p.m. won't work. No, because I'm teaching from 6 to 7.40, so. Oh, right, 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 right. 
Yeah, it and sounds then, like a uh, tough day tomorrow for both of us. It is. It's my long day. Yeah, usually yeah. it's a Thursday, but these are makeup classes, so we're doing it tomorrow. Um, And then Saturday morning, um, you're leaving too, right? Because I don't think my flight's till 11. Although no, that I'm might leaving be too much. Quite, to... I'm leaving quite early. I'm leaving like at, you know, 30. Yeah. So that would so that be way too early. So um, do you want to say maybe three tomorrow and then... You, you know what we could were, do that would not be that would not be ideal. Let me double check this with with my husband and everybody. Is that we could potentially do um, Saturday at eight? This is this. I this I'm breaking my golden rule, which is I don't work on weekends. <laughs> but I, I uh, well, what I think is that we've done really some good exploration work, but we haven't done any healing, and I would like to do a target healing session for you to to take with you. That's that's my yeah. my my intention. That's why. Let me just double check something um my travel I want to make sure and see when my um the only thing is if my flight is at 11 I, that still may not be that still may not work. That's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, just cuz I mean running to the airport and I'd hate to um cut us short. So I think Three tomorrow sounds like it's the only one that really works. Okay. And I'll just be at work. Okay. Do you think that that is that is a reasonable option? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, is I could go into the park. I could leave my work and just go I could, walk. Actually, the best way would be in the car. Because a car is a place where you could actually... If you can, is your car parked in a safe place or? It's going to be in a garage. If I can do a spot near, I don't know if I'll have reception, but I can try. Um, yeah, I actually might be able to do that. I could go to my car probably. Because cars are very, you know, it's a, it's a reasonably soundproof place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could try to do that. I mean, I'm assuming I would have phone reception. Um, okay. So I think that would work. You know um, what would be good when you park in the morning because you're going to park in the morning, right? Yeah. Can you check mm-hmm. your reception and just send me? You can send me a yeah. text. You have you have my phone number? Well, this is it right here, right? This is exactly yes. yes. Okay, so let me do that when I when I get there. Um, I'll check my reception, and then um, if if it works, then I'll just go to my car at three. Perfect. And uh, you let me know. And if the worst case scenario, we'll meet on the 24th at 8. Okay, perfect. All right, thank okay. you. You're Hopefully very I'll welcome. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank okay. you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.